All right. So what about you, Nathan, this week? Where are we at? Growth and mindset. Have you put any thought into it this week or no? Growth and mindset. Uh, I have thought about it a little bit, actually. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a slight aside, we had an event um, in the theatre last week, which was for a, like a business investment growth situation. Yeah. And it was really interesting to hear, hilariously, there were a couple of speakers that were very like motivational speaker kind of vibes. Yeah. And it's the first time I'd actually seen that stuff big scale in an auditorium with, you know, like people in the audience listening to, to, to people speak. And it was so interesting because I know you've mentioned a couple of times like this kind of self-help and personal development kind of um, industry can be a bit irky. Yeah, and I totally felt that because it was like a lot of a lot of stuff on what we're about to talk about today, growth and mindset. But for some reason, I was just like, "Man, this is like a bit gross." And I was trying <laughs> to think of why, why it was, and that was that was more of my thing at the moment. I think it's kind of like with as usually things that are helpful tend to become popularized. You know, nothing nothing tends to be unpopular if it doesn't really benefit people or if it's in some way not very helpful obviously like humor and and memes aside but stuff that's kind of I guess in a way buzzwordy like something like growth and mindset yeah there's got to be something to it so I've been trying to think more on like a local level in terms of my relationship with what what that means and and kind of what how I feel about it in general and for me it was kind of it got all summed up with this experience I had yesterday where I'm about to or in the process of trying to get involved with uh, NFTs and cryptocurrency. Yeah. And the process, the yesterday I spent quite a few hours just trying to register to a website. Yeah. And it was the most difficult thing that I've had to do in a little while. And I thought to myself, it was so funny because I'm literally just saying, please take my money. But I can't, I can't give them my money. Like it's like, there's like hurdles at every turn. And by the end of the day, it was kind of like, okay, well, I've got a tiny, tiny thing done. One baby step. Yeah. So have to look at that rather than look at what I perceive to be a tremendous failure and a waste of seven hours of my life. <laughs> and that, that shift of kind of really trying to buck up and just be a little bit more on the positive and, and putting things like patience at the forefront and putting kind of the reality of this being such a brand, brand new thing to me that of course I don't understand it. Of course, I'm not going to be good at it. Of course, I'm not going to know how to do it if I'm trying to do it by myself. That for me was the like a really good moment to apply this kind of idea of mindset in, in terms of, okay, so the mindset for me in that particular situation would be, why am I trying to pursue this goal? If it's something that I feel like I need to do or it's a chore, then that's probably not going to reap positive fruit because it's going to be riddled with anxiety and a, a negative approach in terms of, oh, it's, it's something I need to do. But if I maintain the fact that I was approaching it out of curiosity and play, then the idea of failure kind of dissolves into this, oh, okay, wow, I know so much more about it. Now it's a lot clearer how complicated it is. Or, okay, now as I de de uh, dig further underneath these layers, I can kind of 
now see how far I can take myself and maybe how I need to integrate other people and turn this into a, a cooperation or a collaboration, like turning it into more of a how can I grow within this really, really difficult situ like mental situation when there's just this feeling of failure all around me because I was just expecting to get it done. I was expecting it to be so easy, I guess. Yeah. And for me, that that's kind of when it, when it came to like a real, a really more of a practical approach to growth and mindset rather than more of the the kind of cheap talk about it of like just you know positive thinking and kind of you know focus on growth and success. Like imagine your best self and move towards oh. that. And it's like great to it's great to say those things. And yeah, I get it. But like, what does it mean to do those things? Well, like, how that's... do I how do I apply that when I'm like confronted by this? this awful feeling of failure itself this thing in front of me right now in this moment yeah i think mm. I, I was thinking this week you know and it's funny you say you had that kind of event i was like well, what is it that aggravates me about those self-help seminars and things like that and for me it's because it seems like it's been packaged into this one kind of solution of this is how it worked for me so it could work for you kind of thing and I just fundamentally don't believe that everybody should be packaging themselves into that bespoke product. I think everybody's, the way that you grow and the way that your mindset works might be very different to mine. And I think, I think that just from all of the cultures that I've lived in, from what motivates people to what people are passionate about is so vast and so different that it really feels foolish to try and package it into one thing. So I think that's really, when when I talk to people and people might ask me about my mental state or the way that I do things or whatever, it's always, well, this is what works for me. This is not what you should do. I think, you know, what yoga I do might be a different yoga that might be good for you. You might do a different yoga and this person might like be attracted to a different yoga. And, and so even within one frame of things i do yoga there's multiple some people like structure and they like you know bikram or they like the you know um ones that have a set of series ashtanga and stuff or some people like more freedom and they're all doing yoga but the way and the manner in which they're approaching it um is a balance in the the reality of their own life right so i i i just think there's there's just no one answer so for me when it comes to my personal experience about mindset, I think in that way, I'm a little bit similar to you. I try to reframe something that I don't like doing into something that could be um, an experience. Like you can't always be enjoying yourself, right? Like in every part of the oh, 100%. Job, in every part of our jobs, there's a certain percentage of it that you don't really enjoy doing, right? So, but it is, <laughs> but it is, but it is part of, and I've had that a lot this year because one of the things that I don't like particularly doing is budgets. And all I've been doing for the last six months is timelines and budgets. <laughs> and I'm just like, and so I've really had to work really hard at being motivated. And some of that isn't really about like my mental state. It's about putting myself in the right moment in the day where I feel like I can do it. So for example, I don't even try to do a budget at nine o'clock at night. Like, forget about it. Forget oh. about it. You know, I think best when I'm in the morning. I know that. And I'm more motivated in the morning um, than I am in the afternoon. So any of my hard thinking or any of my real hard work, I try and knock out in the morning part of my day. And I, if I have to 
go into the latter part of the day, I, I make certain, like, it's funny, I have all these kind of mental games I play with myself, but I have like, okay, <clears throat> when you do the, if you have to do this in the afternoon, you can do it and be listening to music at the same time. Like I add something that's a little bit more enjoyable at, on <laughs> in the afternoon to continue that motivation of the wave of me to continue doing that project, which sometimes works and doesn't, doesn't because if you've got to really concentrate, I can't be singing along to some kind of lyrics, right? So I have to like pause and think yeah. and then play the music again when I get to something easier. Um, but you know, if you're formatting cells, like I could do that with music on. So I, I, I ease up on myself a little bit, but I'm still progressing. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just ditching it. So I have all these games with myself that I do to keep myself, uh, motivated. I think that's really mindset comes from the mindset of getting something done. If we're talking about getting tasks done comes from some kind of motivation and I, and I set myself up in different circumstances so that motivation is there to complete the task and I think we could talk about growth is another thing for me but I just want to see what you want to say in response to that first for sure yeah motivation is a real tricky one for me because I tend to to be I, te I tend to fall into the trap of not being very motivated to do almost anything in general <laughs> but <laughs> but that's not to say that I'm not, in my opinion, quite productive with my time and my day. So for me, I think what you said before about we can't always be enjoying ourselves was a massive realization that I had in the past few months. Or maybe it's a re realization that I, I have had over time, but one that's just kind of really become the super, super apparent where it's like, if my secretly I maybe had a goal that I want to be enjoying what I do and that may be because in some way obviously it's personal but if we were to 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 just bring it back a little bit to kind of the the growth and mindset philosophy that's propagated through social media and through these already quite established uh big speakers on TED talks and whatnot it kind of feels like there's this new life goal to get on board with which is you know the the nomadic the, the nomadic worker where you can be doing your work on a beach and you can be in in luxury or in leisure and be enjoying yourself and and kind of that in a way frees you up to be motivated to focus on the tasks that you have to do whereas for me that is absolutely not true like for me kind of when i'm enjoying myself i'm distracted from getting the job done I'm having, I'm too busy having a good time. And this might be down, down at work as well. I might be having a really engaging and hilarious conversation with someone in the office, but I'm not working while I'm enjoying myself. Mm. So for me, I had to really change this approach of like, well, I can't be fed. I, I can't let my motivation be ignited by the prospect of enjoyment. It has to be ignited by some other kind of prospect, which is something like, just getting off on my own determination, just the, the experience and the feeling of like, I'm going to do something and then I go and do that. That that one like A to B, one, two step process, which is super simple, like in that, like a, like a long view, is enough sometimes to motivate me to just do a task because it's like, I'm feeding off that idea of, I am going to be accomplishing something or I am yeah. going to be able to put something to rest. It's going to be done. I'm going to check it off. It's going to be finished. But then, 
the next level to that, I guess, is the, is, is more of that engagement within the task that you're doing. And I, like, so motivation for me is a really tricky one because for me, it's kind of like being motivated is great because it makes doing something easier, but I can't rely on motivation to get me to do something because most of the time it's not there. And yeah. that's not obviously not to say that I'm not enjoying my life because I feel like I'm quite a happy person or I'm at least, I'm at least incredibly calm and peaceful, which in my mind is like the best feeling to have most of the time rather than be disrupted, you know, or be overjoyed because that's exhausting. So, so it's like, um, yeah, motivation but, is, yeah. I mean, I think also like it, it does, um, it is only part of like, you can't be uh, like, I agree. You can't be a hundred percent motivated all the time. Right. So you, you can't be like, Oh, Mrs. Motivation over there 24 hours a day. Like that would be obnoxious. <laughs> um, but I think the other thing when it comes to mindset for me is, um, about framing something that is unpleasant in a very different way. And I remember when we were creating the house of dancing water, I used to say, I think it was to Sarah Smith, maybe to somebody. I used to say it all the time when something like would come at me, which was definitely definitively bad news, like it was going to make my day like another three hours longer or something, you know, because that happened daily when you're creating that something like that. Right. And I and my response wow. came, my re response to her was always, well, OK, well, let's make it harder, shall we? And um, and my whole thing was like, make it harder, make it harder. And it was about going it was presenting a challenge to myself but it also became comical do you know what I mean like how many times mm -hmm, we were making mm -hmm. it we were making it harder and the situation was actually quite dire and awful but because we get we kind of <laughs> switched it into this joke it was like it can't get any harder now you're going to give me news where you're making it harder and it just got it got to a point of hilarity and I think when you reframe it in that way it's just like I've always said to myself, you know, you can only ever do as much as you can in a day and you can only do your best. Right. So that that when I when I think about and I can work hard and I know I work hard. So if I have the thing of like I'm doing my best and I'm doing much as, as much as I can in a day, then that's you can't expect more of that. from You can't expect more from me than that. Right. That's 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 all I can do. If you expect more than that, then I'm not the person for you. So it's about like keeping myself in check, knowing what I'm um capable of and being satisfied with that what i'm capable of and saying okay this is my capacity and and, and I, you either like that or you don't and i'm going to frame all the shit that comes at me in a, in a more positive light so i can manage and deal with it and i i find that i often look in any situation that is negative i try and and i think maybe that's wired in me from my father because i know that my dad's super optimistic and i'm sure you met him a couple of times but he's always brought me up to be a very optimistic person so i often like take a situation and try and try and switch it into a positive situation like you said like is this an opportunity for me for to grow is it opportunity for me to learn am i just making it harder for me and this is funny you know whatever it is i twist it away from whatever might however I might feel negatively about it to make sure I don't sit in that feeling um, for too long. It's not to say I don't go there, but it's just like I, I generally try and steer the ship away from um, from that kind of negativity if I can. Totally. I'm in exactly the same boat in that. It's almost there's this natural, this just now it's almost become this is this natural proclivity just to positive spin something just to kind of make it more palatable 
more uh, to, to kind of get rid of the demotivating factors that arise from within us. Because a situation that's difficult or a situation that's presenting a challenge, like my experience yesterday with trying to do this thing, which is also like I'm emotionally invested in it as well, because hopefully like the NFT uh, situation will be a way that I can experiment with monetizing my art as well, but not in that kind of just selling my artwork kind of way. It's a very interesting and new technology. So I can play with it using think resources that I create myself. So that marketplace kind of concept really gets me going. And I'm like, okay, right. So I'm emotionally invested in this, which means I'm more susceptible to being uh, kind of mentally wounded by challenges that come up. And that might be the same, you know, with creating something like house where you're emotionally invested in a creation, because this is something that's going to be a part of something that really, really defines you. And so when something comes at you, that's kind of, external factors making something more challenging and more difficult that is going to always be what it is but you can flip that internally to be like how am i making this situation more difficult for myself what you said there was was kind of something that resonated big time for me because a lot of the time i take that step back and i think to myself oh you know 70 percent of how i'm feeling is actually me being disappointed because I misprojected a level of expectation. So mm. how about we backpedal that, we reframe this idea and actually look at what's happening in reality and realize that there's no such thing as moving backwards. Like there's time is only moving forward. We're only moving forward. We're only getting older. We're only learning more things and kind of being in tune with the natural order of progress just in terms of things moving on and us growing naturally and kind of being in line and in tune with that kind of for me is this is is where the mindset comes into it's like what can what what i can do is align myself with things that are actually occurring and i get to in a way not necessarily decide what those things are but just perceive what's beneficial to the situation rather than choose to only perceive that which seems like a hindrance or the hindrance aspect of the situation mm. well i think that comes back to our self-talk discussion right so it, the, we, have, we have that internal dialogue that that propels us through the day with all of the conversations that we may have with ourselves um and part of that is is reframing anything that comes comes our way to make it a more um positive experience don't you think for sure but i think like the i think the kind of the mindset aspect is almost like the operating system so like the content of the like the self-talk or the content of the like emotional or mental reactions that we Is have a result of your mindset. that yeah it's like kind of the, the mindset kind of sets you up to kind of access more healthy automatic thought patterns maybe something like that but then if and you're going to it, cultivate a mindset like that how do you do that oh that's great oh man that's the question really that's the the question behind the question because for me because it's a healthy mindset because for me it's through that self-talk right wouldn't you be directing your mindset by the way that you talk to yourself not the other way around 
I don't, I don't know, actually. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm just putting <laughs> this is, in. this is the sound of me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay to take a pregnant pause while you think me, about that. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> part of me wants to say yes, because it sounds logical. But there's another part of me that wants to say, maybe it's a yes and no question. It's like an in part. Because part of me thinks that the the self-talk, the voice that constitutes the self-talk is a result of the mindset itself. Like we might have a very negative self-talk day and that might be putting us in a negative mindset. But I think we had to be in a negative mindset for us to have the negative self-talk. Mm. And I wonder if having some kind of hierarchy of values in terms of an internal moral or ethical position actually can predetermine both of those things and maybe mindset and self-talk are actually side by side cooperating helping each other grow that the self-talk helps the mindset maintain a healthy attitude and the healthy attitude maintains positive language within the mind but there's actually something that's behind both of those things fueling those things which might be your belief system itself do you perceive the world as one of abundance or scarcity? Do you perceive people as inherently good or inherently evil? Like what's your deeper moral foundation? That I that, that That's, I think, where the launching pad of this mindset and self-talk is and, and potentially just changing the perceptual belief structure could be what it needs to get out of a really negative spiral, which might be a, an underlying spiral that's been happening for years. I definitely felt that with myself. I didn't realize that I lived perceiving the world as one of inherently corrupt, evil pe uh, people and kind of one of just corporations taking advantage of people, not seeing the, the positive side of absolutely anything that has to do with economy and capitalism. And once I started opening myself up to realize that, hey, you can within this system, there's opportunity to help others and also flourish. Then I started changing the way that I spoke to myself and my mindset after that. And I wonder, that's, that's what I think of when I think of that. Well, I, I want to bring two points into this, I think. One is that if I think about what might set me off, off keel in my mindset, it's a couple of things like, and it's been, it's kind of, more really basic things if I've perhaps drank too much and I'm hungover or if I've not taken care of myself you know we, when we spoke about last week about everything that I do that maps myself to be feeling good right so mm. and and if I'm not if I'm not doing that that changes my mindset right and then my talk becomes a little bit more harder. It's a harder hill to climb to get myself back up into that good headspace. So for me, maybe mindset is a little bit more fundamental in just, you know, how you're overall taking care of yourself and your body and your mind as a, as a vessel, right. That then gives you the, the, the positive state to have a, have a good growth and positive mindset perhaps. Right. But then the second thing I think about, is when somebody and again i always like to compare it to people because the criticism comes with okay we're fairly healthy functioning human beings is is by ways of 
scale and scope but if somebody suffering de from depression is their mindset dysfunctional and where does that come from right because obviously their brain their brain is telling them that things are bad and there's some there's no way to think themselves out of that or self-talk themselves out of that so i always ask myself when it comes down to that kind of thing because i feel like where's the control there do we have any for sure i've been listening to some psychology lectures uh over the past few weeks and one thing that i that i heard that i found really a nice um more of a practical perspective on something like the depression as a mental illness that the illness itself is composed of symptoms say you have all of these behavioral attributes that match to the prescribed or the pre the, the diagnosable illness itself yeah but you don't have to you don't have to necessarily have be diagnosed to with this illness in order to in to have to present some of those symptomatic things like you could have depressive tendencies or have kind of uh days or periods of time where you exhibit a kind of depressant thought cycle and or behavioral pattern but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're technically depressed or you suffer from depression or you have a, a mental illness per se and it's it's like when we talk about things like mental health in general there's all i've always find that there's this thing of like it's such a it's such a it's, it's such a scale of a scale that's made up of experiences and behaviors rather than something that defines you in one way because you're not the same thing you are today than you were yesterday or something like that and then to, to aside from that there's also the whole thing of you know the the argument of the brain and thoughts being almost entirely dictated by the chemicals that the brain produces and so when you do do something like go out and drink or you have a good party or you have a a really really good time that fuels you in the short term but in the midterm that is in 100 draining because the brain needs to restore its serotonin levels to a healthy level that's more sustainable it's like squeezing water out of a sponge you need to wet the sponge again in order for it to yield to, to yield the moisture for the next use yeah. it, otherwise it dries out you know yeah so it stagnates and it dries or it gets squeezed so much that it's just that it just withers away and so it's kind of like i, I don't I find it interesting that that perspective because it made me think more about how do my behaviors impact what I think because it's almost like if if I'm taking if I'm already in a situation if I'm already functioning in a way from the position of I'm watching myself I'm kind of I'm kind of uh the observer of my life and I engage with my life and I kind of make it better or I make it worse. It's like, okay, Nathan's on a journey. How can I help him? That's almost the, the, the way that I kind of perceive my existence, that I'm kind of this thing that is, that is helping this body and this mind navigate the kind of lot that I've been given by, by chance or fate or the divine or whatever. 
And so that, like those behaviors, the, the behaviors that I can kind of resist as in kind of unhealthy patterns of behavior, addictive patterns of behavior or indulgent patterns of behavior, which 100%, as you said before about the drinking, 100% that sends me into a negative place. But when I think about why does that send me into a negative place? It because it represents as an action, me not taking care of myself, say. Mm. But I wonder if that's way too harsh because like going out for a few drinks with friends and maybe having one hangover day or two hungover days a year to experience that joy of a release of inhibitions, getting to know someone on a deeper level and kind of just having that experience. Like maybe that in itself is why does it have to be so indicative of kind of mal care to the self? I feel like it's such an extreme place, but this is something that plays out in my head too. It's like, oh, you can't eat that chocolate. That's like, well, why not actually? I haven't had chocolate for a few days. It's yeah. like, yeah, but you know about your allergies. So if you're succumbing to that, what does that say about you as a person? And it's like, Jesus Christ, it's a piece of chocolate. <laughs> relax, <dude. laughs> it's like, relax. relax. It's like, oh my goodness. It's like, whoa. But I wonder if that, would you would you think that that pattern is kind of lies within mindset itself or the mindset could would be something that predicts whether that's even a conversation at all internally well i think you know i think anything in moderation so you shouldn't be beating yourself up for having like a one big night here or there you know like i think it's it's always about moderation in anything and also even self-talk and even growth and even you know like you can't send yourself crazy by trying to live this perfection existence of of the perfect human being i like the way that you think about um uh what's you know like you're this being that's looking after nathan as a body and a person right so you're trying to manage mm. that i think that's a that's a healthy way to look because you're not reacting personally to anything particularly in around you. You're an observer of, okay, this is how Nathan's reacting. This is how, this is what Nathan's doing. But in the same time, you're then it sounds like you're also being a critic of Nathan wanting to have some chocolate. <laughs> Give yourself some break, right? I also, I also, also think having lived with people and been around with people with chronic depression, there is a scale that is is inescapable and i'm not obviously qualified to mm. comment comment on that but it's there's not a yes i think normal people swing between something that's quite healthy for their mind and something that can be and you go through phases where you're you're in a in a worse state and it could be defined as depressive state or anxiety or or those kind of things um and I know that when when I don't take care of myself or if I don't do my yoga or if I don't get outside enough, I, I can watch myself start to slide, right? Like a, it's like a slippery slope. Mm. And I'm like, I've got to pull myself, like pull the reins off whatever I'm not in control of and get back on top of it. But I I have lived, it's I always, always fascinating because I've lived with people with chronic depression and, and it's funny because I it's, it's always a comparison of mine because I'm like, why is it that you're always drowning and you can't get out of it's like they're drowning and they can't lift their head out above water and there's no way there's nothing no self-talk no self-care no nothing mm -hmm. that can pull them out of it and i think that's really when you, you classify that it's an illness it's like something when somebody who 
I like the way that they recently um, depersonalize alcoholism too, that it isn't an illness and that somebody who's not in control of, because, um, you know, like people who don't understand addiction also sit there and go, well, they could just stop. Well, actually, when it when it is ingrained in an hereditary addiction nature it actually is impossible for some people to stop right so i've seen extremes like that and so i always i can always talk about my own experience but we can't really crucify or or comment on others right so i i really want to talk about i want to i always want to bring it in for perspective right because i think that whatever we talk about here in this kind of forum it's our own experiences rather than other people's experiences and i know that people can't get out of that so i wish i i wish i I, for me i just wish that there was an answer right without people having to go on medication or anything because i feel very kind of side note with people that take depressive medication it usually cuts off the lows but it also cuts off the highs in their life experience so it's it's something that's not yeah it's not a i can understand why they can not want to go on that as well right because they don't feel like um they can um they can fully experience life in in its highs and lows when they're on medication so that's a side note but i kind of want to move on for sure kind of want to move on to i i don't know the answer to mindset in terms of all of that self-talk thing i think that personally for me i feel that i i manage a good mindset in terms of keeping myself working so i think that's something that i know how to do very well what i don't feel and what I've shifted with in the last few years, and maybe it's because I'm getting older, is this idea of growth. <laughs> I, mm. I don't, I don't like the idea of growth at all. And what is growth? And what are we growing? What are we growing? What are we growing to? You know, like there's this idea that everybody has to be this biggest and best expression of themselves. But I think if you approach life in a certain way, it's not about growing. I, I'd probably prefer to say evolve rather than grow because some things when you're when you're evolving, you're getting rid of some of the things, you're dropping away stuff rather than adding to and piling on top of. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, this, this, I love this angle because we, we have the same idea in terms of it's not actually growth. Like it's not actually becoming something more. It's, it's more of a, re- a reductionistic approach. Mm. I, you would say evolve and I would say refine, like it's a refining process. Like when you refine, uh, yeah. like a material down to it's, you know, like cutting a diamond or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of getting rid of and edge edging around something, etching something kind of, kind of, uh, finding, it's finding its natural best and kind of helping it on its way to get there in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would think maybe growth in a, in a similar way in terms of it's you dropping things away. And I guess, I guess so many other words come into mind, like growing versus learning yeah. and, you know, and then also like knowledge retention, like what is it you learn and you know new things but you don't retain them, you know, but they do affect your kind of overall development in some way on a subconscious level. So it's, I've been trying to think less about kind of, uh, being defined by what I remember in a kind of on a, like an 
on an intelligence level, like in, in terms of in terms of education or in terms of um, just in terms of what how I can how I'm able to articulate myself with different resources and references and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. and kind of know, like trust that process that with the right mindset when I approach a piece of information I can actually absorb that all of the essence of that information that's going to help me grow in a, a positive direction mm. in a way. So I think that's maybe how I would bridge the two together, that the mindset affects how what you take from something as well, potentially. And that when you take something from something, like you, you learn something or you're, you're influenced by something, how you how you change from that is mm. is you growing in a way and i think kind of you know there's this there's a phrase of like someone devolving right if someone had a like a really really great life and and maybe this is this is actually this does bring up like a personal story for sure which i won't go into but it does come from like a personal experience that i don't think i've ever spoken about but when someone has a really really amazing life and lifestyle and they're a great provider for their family and everything's going really great and then all of a sudden something like gambling comes along and Mm. they go from this productive 100 entrepreneurial millionaire business person into a like aggressive violent inarticulate drunk crazy person Mm. over the course of a few years and I think to myself, well, that's them growing. That has to still be growth, but it's just growth in a really negative direction. So it's not because there's for me, there's no such thing as walking backwards. There's no de-evolution. There's no returning to what was because I feel like that's actually impossible. Like you can, you're only literally moving forward through the world and through time. And so you are growing, but it's like, uh, how do I articulate it further? Like growing or moving or evolving yeah. into this versus that. Yeah. You know, I really, really like Not all growth is positive. Maybe yeah. something like that. Not all growth is positive. No, but I, I really I really like that. And the re- reason that I really like it is because, again, it comes back down to that packaging growth and, you know, those things to sell for people to self-improve. Like, mm. in, a, in a nihilistic point of view, like, what's the point, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, sure. again, yeah. to go where, right? So I, I, I agree with you because I feel like fundamentally, whichever direction you want to go extreme in, I'm cool with. Like, that's your journey. That's your life. And if it's to go down and do something as, you know, as as negative as what you've just explained, then that's your choice. Everybody has those choices in their life and everybody has um temptations and and uh, motivations and mindsets right so I, I completely agree with you that whatever our word is growth refining or, or evolving people are going to um, journey through this life in the way that they 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 do and each moment they've got an opportunity to 
taken in a direction mostly you know mostly people have those choices some other external factors of where you were born and wealth and um mm -hmm. health and things like that also are things that are out of your individual control but if you think from a from a perspective i often think of things in terms of um humanity as a whole right so where where's humanity as a whole going so if we're all little ants running all over this earth my individual journey doesn't really mean anything um it's where we are collectively going um as a as a as a humanity that is probably more important so if you think about that then the your personal journey becomes less self-serving and more humanity serving does that make sense it does it does on on one level i think but in, in, from my perspective, it, it works on the level of this, the, the concept of homogeny, of a real unit, like, like con considering the course of the human future in a, in a homogenistic sense where we're moving towards elevating unilaterally across the board all of the people. Whereas my perspective, would, and, and I believe that as well in terms of like things not your your journey when you shift to the mindset of how do how do i do how do i backtrack the question for me would be how do i represent the human race like if i were to be abducted by aliens <laughs> and i get interviewed by them and being like what the fuck are you guys all about what are you doing like i would be the spokesperson for all of humanity and it's like well what kind of spokesperson do i want to be for humanity I would say things like, oh, we're really kind to one another. We help each other. I would say things like, I'm really focused on maximizing all of the tools at my disposal to create something new. I really love collaborating with people because it's how we kind of create a third mind that kind of thinks on its own, whether that's a romantic relationship or a business venture. Like I think of all these amazing qualities that we all have and I project those qualities in my actions. Mm. And I think that that personal kind of and i wouldn't even call it selfish because it is it does come from that idea of like i'm a representative of the human being here like i have to set an example sure i, I think have to, i i have to you know so so for me it's like yeah sure it's about the human race and about where we're all going but i think that unless unless there's a there's a perceptual change where an individual says to themselves sure i'm an individual but also i represent an idea that there, there can't be any kind of cooperative growth on a large scale because there's so lot if we just keep submitting to different things like ideologies or political parties or religious concepts we're not we're we're eliminating ourselves as individuals and not working on the kind of reason that we're choosing those things or moving towards our own personal growth as well true um the two things i'd say to that is is one that you just that just popped up with what you were saying there i feel like um i think it was like one of the, my yoga teachers or is it in the course of miracles i don't know one of the they were saying that um you cannot stop the war out there until you stop the war in your own mind and i really i really i really love that sentence because i often like when you judge when you're judging other people or whatever you're at war with yourself really essentially um and unless you can't pass any judgment until your own 
mind is clear. So I feel like I get that. The second thing I kind of want to say is that perhaps the difference that I feel is, you know, because now I'm in my early 40s and I feel like a shift is made and I'm not to say that I'm going along with homogenizing and, and going with the flow with everybody. It, it's become distinctly more important for me to take what I've learned, say, if I talk about work-wise, take what I've learned and feed that into people that could take that and be better at me than what I did when I, say, was a production stage manager or whatever. I have this need to mm. not necessarily grow myself but give it out um, and that then becomes perhaps a legacy, right, of being able to help other people up, give mm-hmm. them a leg up, and their success is my success. Your success in what you've been doing, I feel really proud of because I know I was part of that path, you know. And so I have so much more enjoyment in my own personal life seeing how, like, and, and again, as a parent, you know, all of these drops in the bucket that build this person up to be somebody that could do more than me you know, and be bigger than me and more wow. than me and and have, if I took 40 years to learn what I had to learn and, and when you think about, like, where my parents have come from, like, you know, they were super religious and anti-gay and blah, 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 their evolution, you know, I was, I was, all of those sort of societal stigmas that they held, they dropped over the time of my sort of, 20s and 30s and um I had already dropped them by the time I was like when I, when I first entered the arts because I'm surrounded by these wonderful people and this is eclectic but you know so I feel like every mm. generation sheds stuff and every every generation uh um I guess it's, it's moving away from growth and mindset but I think it does come back to my mindset right because every generation sheds stuff and now it's my job because I think you get to a point where you start to realise you're, you're in the latter years of your life and you don't know how long you have, like, because, you know, my mum passed away at 60, 68, mm-hmm. right? Which, and all, and then I have a grandparents that are still alive and they're 90. So, you know, and I'm quite fully aware, like, I've had people who are my age that have been passing away from cancer and things like that. So I, I'm, I feel very aware of my own mortality in the last few years, much more than I had when I was in my 20s and 30s, right? And so my fundamental mindset has really shifted. And one of my good friends who's in her um, early 50s, she told me this. She said, when you hit 40, she said, you're going to go through a very rough, sometime in your 40s, she goes, you're going to go through a very rough few years and you're going to question fucking everything. Everything that you've ever done, you're going to question fucking everything. And I have done that for the last two years. I've had a really, since mum and everything, I've had a very tough few years and I have questioned fucking everything. And I think my, what I hear you say is what I was before this last few years, right? <laughs> what wow. I feel, and I don't think I'm at the end of this. Like, I don't, I, I don't even think I've figured it out. Like, and maybe I won't ever, but I'm really Every day I, my, I even question my mindset. I question my growth and I question what it, it's become. Mm. That's why I say it's, le, it's less about me because I feel like it's I, I real, my shift is now, okay, what can I do for this thing? What can I do for this? What can I do for that? Um, and it, it's 
I think the difference is I'm not thinking about myself as much at all. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. When you weird. you 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 hit something, I think where all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're actually not that important. Yes, that's it. That, that's it. <laughs> and it's such a blunt. It's such a blunt realization of like, oh, it's like, it's almost like a. a, a a snarky who are you who do you think you are this kind of i think i don't know recently in this with this covid situation i've had glimpses of those little realizations because i did kind of feel very much like why me when i got this job mm. because everyone's unemployed and i'm definitely not I'm not unaware of that. I'm kind of every single day, it's almost like, well, got to do it for all those other people that can't do it. You know, it's very much like I need to really respect and honor this thing that I've been given because not that I don't deserve it, but so does everyone else. But yeah. I've just been tasked with taking care of it. It's almost like this a bit more of a virtuous a bit more from a virtue a virtue position rather than a I don't know a word that would be counter to that like a there's 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 a more of a profundity to it rather than just a kind of you know be grateful for what you have which is awesome and I do tend to be dismissed as a side like I do feel like sometimes I dismiss the idea of gratefulness but then when I look at my behavior I'm like wow actually that plays a huge part in correcting my mindset whenever yeah. I'm feeling down I just remind myself of what I have and I'm like enamored by my own life because I realize I'm this is the this is like you said with legacy it's like this is the thing that I'm working on this mm. is the project this is the this is the the task at hand but that's not a self-serving task where I'm just trying to make myself the best that I can be because that's what I deserve from myself. It's no, it's not bad. It's actually other people don't deserve anything less than that. Mm. Yeah. In a way, maybe, you know, other people don't deserve, you know, my bullshit. So tidy, mm. tidy yourself up, Nathan, so that when you bring it to the table, it's actually worth eating. Mm. Some, something like that. And I don't, I don't know if it's too... Like what you said before about like hearing me could be hearing before this this other me big mental shift in your life, mm. especially when you're when you're in the middle of that shift. Do you do you find that you're kind of identifying strongly with very different aspects of yourself, or is it a bit more of like a chaotic? not too sure what's real feeling well for like about six months after i'd gone through the grieving process with my mum, i was angry angry like i've never been effing angry in my life and it was such an internal rage that i could not and i couldn't didn't want to project it out onto my husband or my kids or but i was just um i don't know I, I had to i had to kind of let it go through me it was you know it was just really really you know i think we spoke did we speak about that last week i think we did mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and um and then everything everything that i i think that everything that i valued 
was stripped apart and stripped away really and I had to and I'm in the process of rebuilding that and that's why I feel like you know I don't give a shit about any career trajectory at all <laughs> like none I literally couldn't care what like I do in terms of work. I'm glad that I do what I do and I'm and I get work and I and I give 100% to what I do. But that that lack of attachment to any kind of career goal or anything like that. Mm. Um which I haven't actually had for a, a while, but now it's really thrown like I really don't care. Um and I I obviously I want to do projects that interest me and I want to do things like that, but I don't I don't need something, I don't want something on my CV or I don't want something on, you know, I don't want an award for anything and I don't want, like, I don't care about any of that. And I think that's been a really interesting shift because always in your 20s and 30s, you're always like, oh, I want to get to this point and I want to do this and I want to do that. And now it just doesn't feel like any of that is there. But in that is a wonderful freedom to be like, well, what, what, when I'm not fixed on a thing of where I'm going or what I'm trying yeah. to do, what is available to me and I think that's a beautiful state to be in because the growth or the evolution or the refinement comes from you not trying to steer the ship but allowing life to work around you and when you act from that sense of intuition you end up in a really good place mentally maybe not career-wise or maybe not money-wise or whatever but mentally you're in a great space to just take on board what comes at you. And that's been the way that I've been able to get through the pandemic and, ju you know, just find moments where I'm, I'm working on things that I want to work on and some things I get paid for and some things I don't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and my, whole, sure. my whole day is made up of those combinations of time with family and time working on things I want to do and then times the things I'm working on, things that I actually get paid for and, and I navigate through those, those things. I love that. So I'm trying to make a, a list at the moment of um, a list of different mindsets that we're talking about. <laughs> well, okay, this is good. You went right, away. So you went away so going far, to ask but... people about fitness and health last week. By the way, did you ask anybody? Oh, I didn't. I didn't uh... all talk on that one. <laughs> anyway. I know. It's all right. Um, because you, you you say things and I catch them and I'm like, oh, need to like write that down. And obviously there's like moderation as one. So I would say like moderation being a mindset. And the other one from like a, like abundance versus scarcity. Like, is it a land of opportunity or is it a land where, you know, we, we just walk into to something to be slewed? Yeah. Or it's like what you said just then of this idea of what's available to me. Like, what can I cultivate? What can I create? Mm. And to tie into a little bit what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in like recreation, I think that's when we brought the idea of really brought the idea of, you know, how we, how we form our identity in terms of not being defined by work. Cause if you're defined by work, then obviously all of your personal ambitions are going to be steered towards what kind of worker can I be? You know, yeah. I want to be, you know, a PSM on a, Olympic games or something like that, or I want to do like, you know, I want to go into, you know, countdown air traffic control for NASA and like work on 
the launching of spaceships. Oh, that would be so cool. Like <laughs> random, <laughs> like, random like show, show, show caller, show caller space launch, you know, that kind of shit. I'm like, Jesus, you could go so big, you know, when, yeah. when, and I think that the, the, the ambition is tied into your identity because obviously you're going to be ambitious to maximize the thing that you feel defines you as a person the most mm. potentially. And I think that when that is lost, when you, you lose that kind of sense of ambition, because I'm in a very similar place too, where I feel like the work that I do is not the, is I'm doing what I'm doing because it's necessary yeah. and not necessary just for me, but or necessary for other people or necessary for the society. But it's almost like, I think I really, when I had this moment where the main teaching of karma yoga within the Bhagavad Gita, like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I don't know what happened that led to a kind of really deep embodiment of the realization of the teaching. But all I know right now is that there's this sense of, uh, service for the sake of, of, of servitude itself, yeah. you know, like kind of everything that I'm doing is serving the kind of really, um, precious, protected, divine art of living itself. The fact that we're given this life and we have to make choices and we have to navigate through it and we have to do what we can but also just enjoy it as well you know and 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 take advantage of it as well like all of the all of the things that are involved in that but like that is such like a precious process because we only you know there's obviously the afterlife and reincarnation and absorption and all of these things that we don't understand but that we can throw around to try and make ourselves feel better about the only thing that we know which is that this is entirely temporary mm. that's what we know factually and we can believe in all of the other things. And I definitely believe in more. And I, I try to exist in a world where more is all that I see, not the temporal. It's actually the deeper spiritual connection between us. But at the end of the day, all that we know is this temporality. And then like the, the idea of what's available to me that you said before really is like, so profound from that position because all of a sudden the ambition of growth or the ambition of refinement or the ambition of evolution that in itself takes a seat to the side because it's like such a present moment vibe of mm. what can i create right now whether that's a phone call with someone to talk about something or helping a friend or starting a project that i've been thinking about but haven't just put my ass down to do it you know like what can I do now with this time yeah and that's like massive because that's for, for me like just to keep going on what you said there like you really struck me because it's so disembodying because all of a sudden it's not you it's not about you at all it's about how can I make life better not living life or life for others but like life as a concept yeah. enriching it and I think we, we spoke about this um, and I can't remember what I actually said, but you, it was something about what, what are the, we were talking about what we liked and what we didn't like. Right. And I'd said something like, what, what don't I know about that I could like, 
I think it, it was. Do you remember that conversation? Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. And 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 not knowing what's out there that you could be that could be a good hobby or whatever because you're so busy focusing on the things that you do. And I think that for me during the pandemic was like I had all of these wonderful people come in and help build theatre art life, and we're ten times what we were a year ago because of the pandemic. And I would never have put work aside to build the way we have over the last 12 months. And so I just, it, this is a living, breathing example of um, utilising what was available to me, which was time, <laughs> to, <laughs> to work on things that I would not have been plugging away with in other sense. So I, I think I just, I have a lot of gratitude to that. And I think like when you get out of your own way, sometimes you realize again, what is available to you and what you can work with. And if you're open to that, then you, you're going to maximize, you know, you might walk straight past something that's available to you if you're in a different mindset mm. Mm. because you're not seeing it. Wow. That's a corker. Yeah. That's a corker. That's big. So, uh, yeah, and I, the other thing that I, when you were saying that, the other thing I was remembering, which is really funny, <laughs> I don't know why, I keep thinking, I keep coming back with, like, um, creation stories, house dancing water, but, like, uh, there was this um, thing that Matthew Destin and I used to do because, you know, sometimes in that early creation things, things would get, like, really, like, chaos, you know, and uh, I still do it to this day mentally. I, I, I tell myself, I don't know if I've brought this up in any of our conversations before, but maybe I have. But I talk, I like Matthew and I came up with the concept of like um, Google Earth. And you know Google Earth, right? Um, where you mm -hmm. So, you know, you like, you Google where you are and you can see your house like on Google Earth where, you, you know, you can zoom in on where your house is. And within a few clicks, you can zoom out and you're looking at the world, right? Yeah. And so we used to be like, when things got really ridiculous in Belgium and whatever, Matthew and Jessica would turn around just like Google Earth, zoom, because when you zoom out of, and in my mind, I think I've done, I've done this in yoga meditations too, like you go from your room mm. to the building, to the city, to the country, to the world, and you look back at yourself from that perspective and it puts things into perspective for you um and takes you out of that that intense moment and and matthew Jessen and i used to do that all the time um in when things were bad because we were like let's just google earth this take a step back we're really not saving lives here like and and it was a nice it's a nice mental game for me that I do every once in a while when I feel like, you know, I'm being, my mindset's rocked and I'm not in a space where I'm feeling in control. If I zoom out, Google Earth it, then I, then I immediately feel a bit more at peace about things, you know? For sure. It's such a, it's such a grounding thing too. Like, and it almost feels like if you, 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 you watch the X-Men movies, I'm assuming, uh which ones maybe uh, here or there yeah like, uh, just thinking of that when they when he goes into that cerebro room and puts the helmet on and he can like see all of the all of the normals and all of the mutants mm -hmm. and they're two different colors mm -hmm. and obviously like you know this idea of like when you zoom out and you can see who you are and you see like the the vastness of the human race mm. i just have this idea of like if you see seeing yourself as like 
this kind of like ball of light because you're doing a great job. You know, you're really trying to help people. You're really trying to do the right thing. You're really motivated to kind of be good, whatever mm-hmm. that may be, right? And then you just see that everyone else is the same color as you because that's what kind of everyone is just trying to do in their own way. And obviously like ways are different and that's when we get all of this conflict and all of a sudden it's like, woof, people have very different approaches to achieving what they think is the good or what what does the good mean to them? Yeah. Just a little thought experiment. No, but it's also, my dad always used to say, you know, there's a lot of good people in the world, you just don't hear about them. And I think, Uh and negativity can be very loud in social media and in the media generally. That's why I like, I really like um, Gary V because he's not, he he only take, you can only take so much of him because he's like a bit intense. But one of the things that always resonated with me is like, if you if you if you're one of the good people, you've got to be loud. Like, I want more good people to be loud, and I want people to mm. post on their Instagrams about things, not in a cheesy way, but to be more like, okay, there's good there's good things happening. And so, I think you can you can, in terms of mindset, at a very very basic level, you can curate your your experience online to be a positive one. You know, like you can choose who you follow. You can choose what information comes your way. You can control. Because a lot of people mm. say that, you know, there's all of that shit on social media dictating, but it all comes down to the user. It's always about you, how you engage and how you participate in those things that are available to you. And you can do that in a positive way if you choose to, which all stacks up to, you know, again, what's available to you. There's everything available to you, but unfortunately algorithms are going to take you down a path if you don't control it. Right. Yeah, well, hundred percent. But also, that's really interesting because yes, there's the there's the, the the perspective of you know it's 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 almost entirely user. It's it's almost entirely comes down to the user and how they engage with it. But at the same time, I feel like that in itself is a mind that that in itself is a particular mindset because I think entailed within that is that idea of. I am something whole that is coming in to participate in something that yeah. is a, a number of holes that are fragmented, you know, into into different kinds of communities and types of people and attitudes and mentalities and la la la. Whereas I think we're similar in that mindset where we bring ourselves to something and we're already, you know, on the way to being complete, but we're almost kind of intact. But I, I, I would, I would argue that I don't think a lot of, not a lot of, I won't say that. I don't think that everyone naturally has that idea of I am who I am. I think a lot of people think that they are or perceive who they are in relationship to, directly in relationship or as a result of the community that they're within. So it's like, if I don't share all of these negative attitudes, then I'm not a Christian, <laughs> you know, just to say something silly. But like, if I don't share all of these like hateful or terrible perspectives, then I'm not part of that group. Then I can't call myself that thing. And that's the thing that I want to call myself. Mm. And I think that mo- that is, I wonder if that is a part of, I feel like that, that, 
uh, human mode, say like a mode of being, a way to exist, that that mode of being is one where mindset doesn't even exist because there's not even the forethought that, hey, I can shift my perspective to make life easier for myself because that that in itself would mean that you're not defined by your emotive reactions. You know, like if you're subscribed to an idea or, or you identify as a certain person or you identify within a group, then you have to be upset at the things that the group is upset by because then otherwise you're not that thing. Yes, I agree. I think because it's... In, you know? in, in another way to describe it, I think like there's who you are and then there's who you think you are and how big is the gap between mm. those, those two things, right? And I think, think like when you, when you work proactively to discover who you are, why you are, how you are on so many facets in all of the things we've just touched on in the last and perhaps in the last seven sessions that we've had right we're exploring and asking ourselves and trying to identify we come closer to bringing ourselves into the gap for me is closer between who i am and who i think i am right um and you're talking about that end of the scale where there's not a lot of thought about it and i i feel like a lot of i don't i don't want to sort of typecast but there's a lot of cultures that go out there and go okay well i'm going to build myself up to be successful and i'm going to go to this school and i'm going to go to be a doctor and i'm going to earn this kind of money and i'm a christian mm. and, I'm, and i'm and i have all these labels that i have of myself and that's who i am and and uh and, and it and some people live in that space for the most of their life right they never they never question that um and and in that that in that realm is where those packaged um to come full circle from where we started those packaged self-help um packages are something that those people can take on board and pack into their identity as part of something that they've done and can achieve right rather than going through mm. the layers of of all of you know how we've thought about things or how we think about things as, as a result of you know many of the similar books we've read or um spiritual things that we've explored or you know course in miracles mm. through yoga through all of these things and we were constantly getting the shovel and digging it in the dirt deeper right to try and figure it <laughs> yeah. figure figure it out Push. yeah um and and there are others that don't necessarily do that work which again there's no right or wrong like them us doing this and them not doing anything is there's no um there's no superiority there. It's again, there's choices that we've made to go down that path. And there's people who are cho choosing other, other paths, right? It's about the same thing as you say about people going into a self-destructive evolution as opposed to a productive evolution. For sure. In, the, in, in, in any sense, some people go into that stagnant evolution, right? Until something quite profoundly large strikes them in their life, whether it be death or tragedy or sickness or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that ag agitated, they're agitated. I love that that word that you use in that, yeah, the in that context. I've, yeah, yeah the, I've kept that actually quite a lot, which is really nice. It's a great word, a isn't nice it? agitation. Oh. I'm thinking now in a way, like I'm almost flipping it on its head and I'm starting to think, well, actually, 
the self-help stuff that we may potentially find a bit kind of a bit naff, a bit too much or a bit superficial. I was just trying to think of like the universal message of the, the more universal message of, you know, like, I don't know if it's kindness or forgiveness or kind of just positive goodness. I, I don't, I don't know exactly what the word is, but whatever that universal message is, is kind of packaged to serve different markets. So in a way, I feel like if I were to be completely um, black and white about things, I would think like something like course of miracles is personal development for religious people because it's speaking it in a language that they can comprehend and understand. Yeah. It, it uses the religious context and the religious stories as resources and reference to kind of propagate its more, more kind of universality of, 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 of love and, uh, you know, being good and kind and all this. Yeah. And then you think of something like, the dude that I watched speak last week at this conference, what was his name? Jill, Gil Petersil, I think his name was. He was the person who, um, he brought Tony Robbins to Russia for the first time. Right. Right. He was the, like a media, like a kind of a, a PR person for, yeah, Tony Robbins, but in Russia or something, something like that. Right. And so that was part of his success. <laughs> and you hear, I hear him speak at like a forum that has to do with investing in, in companies and, and, talking to a bunch of people where it's like money, 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 but it's the same universal message really, but it's just packaged in a different way into the language of the people that have just happened to be in the mindset that they're in can actually understand. And so now I start to think to myself far out, am I not seeing the good because I've decided to kind of be on the side of a fence that's too cynical. Well, I think, and is that actually, is that stunting my growth actually? Is cynicism in that regard actually stunting me? Perhaps, but if it doesn't resonate with you, it doesn't resonate with you, right? So I think like, I think the, 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 mm. point, the point for me is that it, it, it doesn't resonate with me, those kind of things, because I feel like I've, I've kind of gone through that layer of that, you know, and and I, I, I want a deeper conversation. So that's where it doesn't resonate with me. But I, I agree with you. You should definitely not crucify if it's resonating with other people and it is by its inherent nature good, then it's not, mm. do, it's not doing harm, right? Like people, I often when you go see those, I used to, you know, I did a few TED Talks here in Hong Kong and it's... Um, it's like okay so you're going to go listen to all of these things but what what's going to resonate with you and what do you, what's what's going to take uh what are you going to take away with and everybody has their their point that re again it comes down to people, everyone's being different right so everybody's going to have some mm. talks that resonate with them deeply um and others that are that are not so much and so for me it comes about a level of consciousness of uh, taking on information or taking on talks or taking on speakers or whatever. And again, I think you've mentioned is like, how, how do I then, does it apply to my life? How do I incorporate that? And how do I act on that? If it means mm. that 
if it means that I'm going to evolve, refine, grow, et cetera, et cetera. And so a lot of the time I'm personally dismissing it because I feel like some of that stuff I've, I've been there, done that. But that doesn't mean that I get little golden nuggets every now and again from something that does get spat out, right? So I'm going to like, oh, yeah, that, that's interesting. But the one thing is that like the other thing, the other thing is the utilization of that because I think that a lot of people will go and do these courses or do these things but not actually make a internal shift in their life and and one of the examples was like there was one lady speaking about how much Hong Kong trash um, is in you know how much Hong Kong people make trash and where does it go and etc cetera, etc cetera. and at that same conference they're handing out plastic bottles of water and you're like, <laughs> it, you, you know, so it's it, 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 there's got to be consciousness behind what information is given and there's got to be, people have got to take that and integrate that if it's going to be, you know, worth it, I think. Yeah, otherwise it's almost just a, then it, then it becomes that thing where it's a lip service, you know, it becomes like a, it's just saying it because it's the buzz, it's the buzz thing that's surrounding the the, the topic, you know. But for me, always it's like the yeah, the integration is also kind of the individualization. Like we simultaneously say something like we all have to be environmentally conscious, but then we at the same time say everyone is an individual and has their own, you know, methods and and opinions and perspectives. Mm -hmm. So it's almost this weird kind of duality in that respect, just using that as an example. And maybe I'll try and tie this into mindset. Maybe it won't work, but like, (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like, um, each individual with the mindset of, you know, like a growth mindset or a mindset of progress or a mindset of, I am, I'm conscious that, I am that everything that I engage with, I am integrating, whether on a conscious or subconscious level, everything that I do is turning me into the future self that I'll become. So whether that's engaging with positive media, engaging with negative media, talking to people who are emotionally exhausting because they're narcissists or talking to people that are so generous that I actually don't even know who they are as an individual people on the other end of the narcissist spectrum where they're actually not even a personality. They're just, they're just so absorbed in giving that then they're not, they don't have a, Mm. almost like a, a, a point in space, you know, as an individual say. So it's kind of, I understand that I'm engaging with all these people and having all these conversations and engaged in my work and my activities and, and all these things and all the, if with this mindset of like everything I do contributes to who I'm becoming in the future, then, you know, I'm a bit more open to seeing the things that will kind of serve the process, you know, and kind of make it joyful, make it as hard as it needs to be, but no harder, you know, like no added strain because it's definitely a difficult journey we all you know have to go through intense things as we grow older to become you know the 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 people that we become we have to go through really terrible things like really tough times and but it's the it's all the approaching those things and with something like say environmentalism as an example it's like i don't always recycle but i also don't buy anything (laughs) So for me, it's reduce, you know, if I could choose one of them, 
and maybe that's all I all I, it's all that I have the capacity to do. It's just choose one, which is reduce, you know, yeah. and reuse maybe, you know. Yeah. So it's like, but obviously it's easy to say that here as well because similar to Macau, it's really difficult to find recycling you know it, recycling places like we don't have one in our building for example so i would have to take all my recyclables to a plant mm -hmm. directly so it's kind of like okay i fail there because i am not dedicated enough to actually do that i can't be asked enough i don't care enough or whatever whatever anyone could say about me as a person that they can say that but <laughs> the bottom line is that i don't i don't put enough value on recycling to do that but that's not to say i don't put value on environmentalism because I engage in the two other processes that are integral as well, which is reducing and recycling. Like, sure, it's great to recycle, but if you're always buying things and taking plastic bags, then, you know, I could criticize and judge you, but we're doing the same thing. You're just choosing one aspect of the larger picture. And I think it's kind of like the individualization becomes, in, it goes into like what's available to me, what can I actually do and kind of, try to i don't know try to try to integrate integrate what you can integrate what makes sense yeah you know integrate like what you said about what resonates as well like if something resonates you're going to find yourself doing it regardless of whether you on the outset were determined to do it or not yeah maybe and also that things come back to you. Like you said, I like the idea of what you said, like every experience, every conversation is an accumulation of building who you are. And I think that's quite interesting because things have, that we've read or experienced come back as we talk about these discussions that I realise have become, were important moments in my life that I didn't realise were until we get mm. to this level of conversation. So I think that's that's really it's really interesting and I love that because then you you realize that every moment of your life is an opportunity to la experience life in a larger way right and so when you look at it that way it's a it's a great mindset to be in because you're like what am I going to discover um in today the balance that mm. I have with that is that I think the 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 more that you start to refine the more that you know you don't want to do. And so there's this balance of like, well, I could go into the city and meet with those people, but I don't really want to because I don't know. I don't think it's going to be very productive. So there's that kind of like I find that the I was always open to anything and everything earlier on in my life, but the older I get, the the less likely I am to put myself in situations where anything could happen and i have to constantly remind, <laughs> i have to constantly remind myself to like you know no go to that thing and go because i never regret mm. it when i do but for me it's kind of like i think that's the the maybe the negative thing of narrowing the or sharpening the knife or refining the product is that you you know clearly what you don't like and what you do like right so you're you've yeah got to, for sure you got to still put you you got to still struggle to put yourself out there on the growing edge because what happens if i don't then i start to my mindset starts to um uh go sl sliding down that slope again right like if i'm not in it yeah. i'm so addicted to growth i've thrown myself off the cliff 
so many times moving to different countries, taking different jobs, stepping into a room that I know nothing that I've got to, that I've got to run, that I, I now have become addicted to that. And so if I don't, if I don't have some kind of growth in my life, I, I get really agitated and I know that about myself. Um, so for me, that's always, in terms of mindset, it's always that balance for me. It's about like on being on the growing edge, but not so growing that I'm stressed out and not take, not, not so growing that I'm, I'm, I'm not serving myself and taking care of myself and opening myself up to opportunities to make sure I'm not playing it safe, but also knowing now as I'm refining that there's certain things I definitely don't want to do. So all of that's happening in my, in any given day, right? (laughs) Just while you're casually sipping a latte in a beautiful park, this chaos is whirling. I told you I have lots of conversations with myself, dude. Like I love it. I love it. It's so good though. But like, I think it's one thing that I've started doing here, which is, um, what you were saying before about uh, uh, when when we start to think it's like oh you're not that important you know and like a bit more in in service of those around you somewhat. I kind of start I'm starting to think that in terms of when there are kind of social things that happen. Obviously, super like can't believe that we're able to do certain social things here when certain parts of the world are still over a year now and it's like still in this place. It's Mm-hmm. just mind-blowing right yeah mm-hmm. but when when there are these social moments I the thing that I've been saying to myself to motive the, his motivation again because I feel similarly I'm like well what am I going to achieve going to the pub you know what am I going to what are we going to do what are we going to create how is this going to serve me or my future or blah, blah blah but then I just say to myself do you really have anything better to do <laughs> and the answer is no and it's like i could work on my art but it's like yeah but i'm always working on my art yeah it's like oh i could read a book yeah but you're always reading it's like oh i could do this or that it's like yeah but you're doing that all of the other times that you're not doing anything else so really just go and do it and it's mm-hmm. kind of been a bit refreshing because it's been kind of kicking me in the ass to say in a way like your time is only valuable when you give it to other people because if you're not sharing it you're hoarding it and i am not a hoarder that's kind of the mind, the, 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 the chain of thoughts that kind of runs through my mind where it's like, you know what, share it with others, give it to other people. Because as well, it's this thing of, if I feel like I have this thing to share, which is my, the only thing I really have to give people is my perspective, you know, just this is how I see the world. And I feel like it's, you know, the fact that we're having the fact that we think that what we have to say is so valuable that we've actually decided to start a little project in a podcast means that it's something worth talking about. And you can take that to anywhere. You can take that to a, a mall. You can take that to, a, you know, I was at a, a, playing a, a poker night last night and I'm terrible at poker and I don't really like poker, but I was invited. So I was like, oh, I'll just take this thing that I am to that environment and just see how it goes, you know, because what else am I doing? It's yeah. a, it was a weird... It's been a nice shift because for me, I've been so precious about my time in the past that it's kind of turned into this really, um, it's, it's nice because it's a project and I'm working on it and it's, 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 it's evolving and me as a person I'm growing, but then it's almost like there's, like you said, that balance of like theory and practical exams. Yeah. 
you know, there's the field research, <laughs> there's the talking to more people to understand more people, you know, but also not in like a, like a Darwinian scientific way. It is genuinely going out there just to in, in, enjoy the company of others, especially people that might be completely different to, to who I am in terms of the way that they think. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Before you answer that that question, uh, I I heard a good definition the other day, which I really, really liked. I felt like this is a good definition. An introvert is a person that in social environments, after a social environment feels depleted. An extrovert is somebody after a social environment feels uh, completed. Ooh. And so I, I probably, so if, 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 if I was to say in that definition, I'm definitively an introvert because I always feel exhausted after social. I enjoy it. I enjoy being social. I like going out. I like partying. I like whatever. But I do feel depleted. I, that does not fill me up. So now, mm. are you an introvert or an extrovert? Man, that's hard. I feel inherently that I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. However, I do feel sometimes that when I'm in a funk or I'm low energy, I need people because they actually bring, they actually energize me. So if I'm, if I'm feeling depleted, I'm trying to turn it around and say, well, that means I need to fill myself up with someone else's thoughts because I'm so depleted that I've used all of my own resources. So I need to kind of take a loan on someone else's energy. And so I'm trying to see how actually there's like extroverted behaviors that I find really, really nourishing and really energizing. But then other times it's kind of like, I feel like maybe I ride on both on both in a way, right? Oh, I'm an mm. omnivert. Ooh, you know? <laughs> that bullshit. Is that, <laughs> even, is that even a thing? Is that a definition? Apparently, yeah. Well, someone probably made it up because someone likes being on the fence about everything, you know, they were like, and they were a journalist at the same time, so they wrote an article. That's probably how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But no, yeah, apparently. But I don't, I don't know. It's such a tricky, tricky thing because I, I, um, it's almost this thing of like, similar to what I was saying before about with depressive, depressive tendencies. It's like there's just these things that these categories that we have are just determined by a pattern of behavior, and it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know if I have enough of a pattern of behavior to be categorized to, to be categorized in that way and i wonder if it's one of those things where i'm just trying to like over intellectualize it just to have something to say about it <laughs> or if i'm it or you know like just to have a conversation or if it's actually something true and real because i definitely need me time like i need my alone time to recharge my batteries but at the same time that that was before like the past couple of months that was a lot more, I needed a lot more recharge time 
to to be able to sustain us to, to be able to participate in a social environment yeah whereas now i feel like it's more about the the utilization of the time like now it's kind of like okay when i get up and i do my 15 minute iyengar sequence in my room before i leave my bedroom i'm trying to be so consciously present in that 15 minutes where it's like it feels like three hours of meditation because mm -hmm. like i do that and i know that as long as i do this 15 minutes i can go the entire day without having me time but i needed to make that decision that choice that that's what that 15 minutes represented because before it was just a habit because i thought you know it's good for me but now it's like no this actually is serving a purpose this uh, it's is a, it's exactly a shift. I, what i'm saying it is yeah no but it also is definitely a shift and i think uh, i'm exactly the same with uh yoga and i think we've said this in other things it's it's, it's my when i return to the mat it's my it's my equalizer it's my balancer and if i start the day like that i'm with you like the rest of the day can go however it can oh, go tits up 100 yeah. tits up as long as i've started that with that thing because it it well again it's, it is a physical practice but it's also this this you're, you're allowing yourself to get yourself in a particular mindset that allows mm. you to deal with whatever rock and roll comes after and i think that's that's an amazing it's an amazing way to I, I notice if I have not had the time to like to I have a webinar tonight and I've got to be in the city tomorrow at 10 a.m I know I won't get that moment tomorrow I might get 10 minutes or whatever but I like an hour right I won't get the full hour ah, sure. so but the thing is like and I know that my the way I will experience tomorrow will be different because I haven't had that hour you know but you know, again, you go with the rock and roll, but it is such a nice way to start the day, really. So it's a good way to get in the right mindset. So that's it. That when you said that, I was like, ha it clicked. It's like mindset, the, yeah. the time. Yeah, the mindset thing, like the, the, the time that you prescribe yourself to say, where am I? And what am I doing today? Like, what's the what's the goal? And I think it's really uh, the, the maybe the more common, the more common approach is what do I have on my list of things to do? But it's like, for me, that's so easy. It's a bit, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit of a novice practice, you know, to, to be a bit snarky about it because it feels like, well, I'm going to get done the things I'm going to get done anyway. It's more about how do I want to get them done? Do I want to feel like the day's a struggle or do I want to feel like the day is this really cool, enjoyable learning experience? Yeah. And it's like before I was worried that unless I wrote down the things, I wouldn't get them done because my issue before was with discipline. But mm. now I don't really have such a problem with discipline anymore. And I'm quite a disciplined person, or at least I know that I can trust my future self to take care of the things that my present self wants to be taken care of when they become available. And I trust, and when I'm in my present self, I know and thank my past self for putting certain things in place to make this easier. Like I recognize who I was yesterday that made doing laundry today easy because yesterday I didn't have time for laundry, but I had time to put everything in the washroom. Mm. So it was like, oh, thanks, past Nathan. You made what <laughs> I had to do today easier. You know, I do that all the time. I do thank you, my past self. Do you, do you, you say, thank, do you say yeah. thank you, past Nathan? In my mind, in my mind I'm like, I, I, 
I do it out loud when there's an audience and I and something happens. Like if I'm at work and I'm, I'm I stress down, I pick up my prompt script. And I'm like, oh fuck, it's like the no will version. And I pick the, the thing up and I'm like, oh shit, thanks, past Nathan. You already did this version of the prompt script. <laughs> I don't know when you. I don't know when you had time to do it, or how you thought maybe it would pop up, but you did it. So thanks. <laughs> but then in, that's the jocular way that I project it. But then internally, I do it all the time. You know, it's, it's like it's like then, it's like it's like my make it harder self talk. You know, it's always this uh, yeah 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 for sure. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Well, and then with the future. Mm, so, oh, we're there. We're there. It's past ten thirty already. That went really quick. Oh, wow. Woo. <laughs> yeah. What are we on next week? Legendary. Uh, next week. I've got it here. Oh, Anna, the spiritual path. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> are we ready for that one? But, oh, yes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could be. We could be ready. Yeah, we're ready. I, I can't wait till like, series the... two, which is interpersonal relationships. I was looking at the other Ooh, day. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll be interesting. This, this is still part of the internal dialogue section, right? So <laughs> I can't believe yeah. you wrote such oh. a long list. We're going to be here forever. Part one of four. It's season, it's season one. It's a four-season <laughs> podcast. This is personal <laughs> development. Season one, episode bloody nine or something, eight. It's yeah. crazy. I know, but we haven't got the others recorded, so we'll have to probably go back. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we keep referring to the old ones as well. So it's been an evolution. Ah. As, it's been an evolution together already, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, 100%. Love Super it. cool. All nice. right. Cool. Well, I will see you next week. Huh? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Talk to you then.